This podcast is brought to you by Easton. There are those who play and those who watch, those who cheer and those who are cheered, those who know that every hit has a bat, every catch has a glove, and every game a winner. At Easton, our passion is delivering a complete system of unparalleled technology and advanced products designed to give baseball players an elite edge. Easton Baseball, built to win. Welcome once again, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. I'm John Manuel. He is Aaron Fitt. Aaron, yesterday, 45 minutes or so of podcast goodness on the regionals. We just could not contain ourselves, and we're not going to make any effort to contain ourselves today. Let's just go plow right in with part two. I think the highlight of yesterday's podcast was, uh, we'll give you our picks real quick to recap. Uh, I picked North Carolina Coastal. Uh, Oral Roberts was my big, uh, we'll, we'll go over all of them, but my big shocker was Oral Bob, Oral Roberts, uh, winning the regional at Nebraska. And I really wouldn't be shocked if any of those three teams won that regional. Aaron, what was the bigger surprise in your mind out of your picks? Uh, was it that you picked uh, you know, New Orleans to win at LSU, or was it Irvine and Nebraska? Which is a bigger surprise, I guess, New uh, Orleans, huh? Yeah, I think New Orleans was my big my big uh, sleeper pick here. And also, I, I kind of went on a limb with Vanderbilt. That's uh, right, I forgot. And beating Arizona State. Now, so you did talk yourself into Vanderbilt by the end of that uh, podcast. It, it took a little, bit, a little bit of effort on my part, but I got there. Bravo. Well, now let's go on to the left side of the bracket. It starts with Miami's regional and goes all the way down to Florida State, Florida State, Florida State's regional. Woo! And uh, the Miami Hurricanes, or the Hurricanes, are your number one overall seed, Aaron. The last number one overall seed to win this championship back in 1999. Uh, Miami, as we've already discussed, has a very difficult regional with the Hurricanes the one seed, the Missouri Tigers as the two seed, Ole Miss Rebels as the three seed, and Bethune-Cookman, which might be the second or third strongest four seed. They're right in that mix for best four seed along with Sam Houston State and UC Davis for me. Congratulations, Miami. You're the number one overall seed in the tournament. You dominated the regular season from start to finish. You get to face the national ERA leader in your opener with Hector Burgos. It's ridiculous. uh, Enjoy. I mean, it's, it's, it's utterly insane, and, and I'm not going to rant about this anymore. We've railed the committee enough in the last few days, but uh, I can't believe how much more user-friendly North Carolina's path to Omaha is than, than Miami's uh, when you when you got Miami with the higher seat. Let's just, let's, just, let's just match up, like, say, Miami versus A&M. A&M's not even a top-eight national seat. Uh, boy, I'm really yelling, so I apologize. I got the levels off yesterday, by the way, and we'll get them better today. But A&M is not even a national seed. For the number two, Missouri versus Dallas Baptist. I don't think anybody in the country would rather face Missouri than Dallas Baptist when you got Aaron Crow, no. that kind of equalizer, and a team that's been to six straight regionals. Uh, three seeds, Ole Miss versus Houston. It's kind of a push. No, it's not. But, uh, well, I mean, Ole no, Miss is face it. it is because Houston let's face won the Conference it. USA right. tournament. Houston actually had a better season. Exactly. I was, about, I was about to say, Ole Miss has talent, but let's face it, Ole Miss underachieved well, this year. But who's the more dangerous team? I mean, it's not even close. And that's the other part of it. Ole Miss has won three straight regionals. Track record tells yeah. you, you, don't even, you can even ignore, if you want to, if you're the college baseball fan who hates that Baseball America bases so much of this on talking to scouts or pro talent or all that stuff, fine, ignore that. Take track record. Yeah. People on the committee, take track record into account. Ole Miss has won regionals each of the last three years. They've lost in super regionals three years in a row. This is a better team, a better program than Houston. They're just not comparable, really, as three seeds, if you ask me. And four, Bethune-Cookman against Illinois-Chicago. 
that's kind of comparable, you know. Illinois, Chicago's, but Bethune, but Bethune, exactly. I think Bethune is better. Bethune's been to regionals six, seven years in a row, seven out of eight years, that kind of thing. So, I just think it, it they're just picking one at random. But Miami's regional is more difficult than a team that's not even a top eight national seed. I mean, you can almost make the case that North Carolina deserved an easier regional in some ways because they did beat Miami head to head. Their resume is just as strong as Miami's. Except, but, but except that Miami won the ACC regular season and tournament. tournament. Period. Yep. I mean, that, that to me trumps losing two it out should. of three. It sh- I agree. It should. I'm just saying you can make the yeah. case for North Carolina. There are a lot of you can make it. But, but, if, but there's if you, no but if case. you believe that, then you should have North Carolina as the number one seed and not Miami. Agree. And number two, there's just no reason why A&M, loser of eight of its last ten, yeah. should have an easier regional path than Miami. And that's really indefensible. Again, that just goes back to ignorance and the almighty dollar. But you're flying in Missouri and Ole Miss to Miami. You're going to fly anybody to Miami. I just think for Bethune-Cookman, they also did jobs because when they go to regionals, they almost always go to Miami. They never get to leave the state of Florida. I just don't think that's right for the kids at Bethune-Cookman and their Right. Quality of postseason experience. Uh, I, I I'm disappointed right. for them. And, and I think it would be it would be more equitable if they got sent somewhere else just once. Yeah. Uh, but uh, now, can they win but, this regional? Are they a force that can win a regional, or is this regional just too tough for the Wildcats? No, it is too tough. But but listen, I made a statement yesterday that I thought the Long Beach regional was that was the toughest regional from top to bottom. I might go back on that. <laughs> I think because I I mean this Miami regional. You know, Bethune-Cookman is good. I mean, that's you really can't overlook those guys. Yeah, I just think USD is a lot better than Missouri for me. They're similar teams, but USD has done more this year than Missouri. They've played up to their talent, and I would say that I would take Cal over Ole Miss any day. This it's, year, it's, anyway. It's close. I mean, you can go, go either way in these two regions. Ole Miss has more track record, but Cal's a better team this year. And I will take the 500 team from the Pac-10 over the 500 team from the SEC this year let's, any day. Let's talk, though, about Ole Miss, John, because, uh, you know. I don't is, believe in that team, team at all. I understand you don't believe in this team. I, I, I kind of do. And, and, you know, honestly, if Ole Miss and Missouri were in almost any other regional, I would probably take them all the way to Omaha. Uh, because, wow. Be, I, I mean, I'm, I, this is, I feel I can say that for, I can say that for, Ole, for Missouri. I can't say that for Ole Miss. Here's, here's the thing about Ole Miss, though. They did play better at the end of the season. They made the SEC uh, tournament championship game. And, and, and the key for me is Jordan Henry is back to being Jordan Henry atop the lineup. That's a great point, actually. That's the thing that's been missing all year for them. A spark offensively, you're right. And he had a sophomore slump uh, for most of the season. That's actually a great point. I'll be honest with you. I just don't believe in Cody Satterwhite and Lance Lynn, period. Uh, Lance Lance Lynn Lynn quit on Team USA last summer. I'm sorry. I know he says he had a groin pull, muscle pull, whatever. Uh, To me, it looked like he bailed on that team. And he and Cody Satterwhite just don't get it done for me, uh, period. I, I don't believe in that team. Is it because those two guys are supposed to be studs and they aren't? They're just Satterwhite good. Satterwhite to me is is how Satterwhite's is, not even good. Is disappointing and, and you know and and I I watched some of that SEC championship game on Sunday and I saw Satterwhite throw and man you, you see the guy and and he's got he does it's true he's got four pitches that are really at times really good pitches. I mean the changeups that he was he was throwing out there. I mean it's I don't know if I've seen a better. Well, I, he's one of the better changeups out there. It's no Scott Gordon changeup, right? But but but. Uh, why 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 doesn't he win? Why he, doesn't he win? Why doesn't he get more out? Why doesn't he dominate? It's not only that he doesn't do it. He hasn't done it for three years. He's never done it, and he ain't gonna start in this regional. As good as this regional is, Miami's offense is so superior to the other offenses in this regional. I don't know how left-handed these other teams are. Aaron, you might know Miami. That's their only Achilles heel to me. That their best two starters are left-handed. But to me, the Gutierrez brothers they get good, they get some good outings out of Enrique Garcia. And don't forget, uh, Bellamy, Kyle Bellamy out of the bullpen. 
Miami has the six. You really need six pitchers to win in the postseason. I like Miami's top six. Here's, here's, there's a couple of reasons I like Miami here. One, they're not going to have to face Aaron Crow or Lance Lynn. I suspect More those than two likely. guys are probably going to go head-to-head in that opener, which is a great pitching matchup. And Lance Lynn uh, has pitched better at the end of the season. He struck out 12 in the SEC he tournament. He did. He pitched better in the I mean, tournament. This is a guy who, he's a, he's, I'm sorry, John, he's been a proven winner there for three years. I, I'm not going to... He's no Will Klein. I would rather have Will Klein from their last year's team who shoved it against Arizona State in the regional or in the super regional that was a guy who basically, when the big, when the, when the, he was on center stage, Will Klein answered the bell. I don't have the confidence in Lance Lynn to do it. Period. I think Lance Lynn is a fierce competitor. Nothing personal, uh, Lance. I'm sure you're a great dude, but I'm not on Lance Lynn well, as the guy who's going to deliver uh, a regional championship for Ole Miss. Well, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. That's I, fine. I, I think he's a, he's a big game pitcher. Uh, who, he's who, big. Who pitches, who pitches his best on the big stage, um, and, and you know I, I I think Ole Miss could win that game, and if they do. Uh, and, and I'm not saying they will, but they could. It could go either way that first game. If they do, I kind of like Drew Pomerantz against Miami. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a left-hander. They've got a lot of good left-handed hitters. They do. I mean, it's you know, I'm, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think Miami is gonna lose this regional. I, I think that we talk about how good their offense is, and, and that is really what jumps out most about Miami. All the pro hitters, Alonzo yeah. and Weeks and Raven and Tacody, Sobolewski, you know, Sobolewski, and and even Ryan Jackson is a very good hitter, but. Uh, Here's, here's the, the separator for me. It's just how good they are defensively. I agree. Especially up the middle. Underrated. Grandal and Jackson are outstanding. You sold me on this this doctrine of being strong up the middle uh, over the last couple of years, and, and, and we've seen it with Oregon State in the College World Series the last two years in a row. Darwin Barney and, uh, you know, Co- Jacoby Ellsbury before that. Mitch and, and Chris Hopkins and Mitch Cannum and... You know, premium defenders up the middle. How about that play? The plays that Wong made last year, that Joey, Joey Wong, Wong made, great turned double plays at second yeah. base. Uh, I mean, and, and then so you know, Miami. I don't think any any team in the country, and I will say this right now, has a better, is stronger up the middle than Jamal Weeks and, and, and Ryan Jackson are so slick defensively mm-hmm. as a double play combination. Blake Dakota is a premium defender, covers a lot of ground out there in center. Uh, they've got a, really two strong defensive catchers, like right. Rendell and, and, and Jason Haggerty. So. Right. Uh, that to me, this is a very good defensive team. Playmakers, Yonder Alonso, very underrated for his defense at first base. He saves a lot of errors for that that infield. Not that they make a lot of. I love Yonder. Yonder Alonso is a stud. But it's like uh, a Tommy Heinsohn reference in two days here in the podcast. It's unreal. I, was, I went a little. Yes, it was. Uh, it's a Baseball America podcast. But we spent already ten minutes talking about that first regional it's error. The we can't keep doing that. The entire field. So I think it's okay. We gave it a little bit extra. Time. I agree. It's an awesome regional. I think we're both picking Miami. We are. But you you wouldn't be shocked by any of the other two teams. I would. Honestly, I'd be shocked by Ole Miss. I just, they just haven't done it this year. They've been consistently inconsistent. Regional at Ann, at Ann Arbor, the only number one seed on the road is Arizona. Michigan, the two. Kentucky, the three. Eastern Michigan, the four. I had the wrong directional Michigan this year. Picked Central in the, in the preseason. Thought they'd make some noise. I was mistaken. What Aaron, a job Jake Boss has done there for Eastern Michigan, John. Before we, we, nice. We're not probably going to talk an awful lot about Eastern Michigan. Make here it so. Some other big-time programs, but... Eastern Michigan starting 0-17, playing a pretty tough schedule. For, for, for a first-year coach to come in there and write the ship, uh, give that guy a lot of credit. I think he's going to make a terrific head coach. That's a great sign. If you can go 0-17 and make regionals, uh, that's a sign of a coach who didn't lose his team, kept them believing, and got them on the right track, fixed some things, diagnosed what was going on with the team, knew his talent. That's very impressive. So kudos to uh, Jake Boss. And now uh, they're going to be fodder for Arizona, we believe. Yeah. This, this is a really – Weird regional because, to me, the best player in this regional is Zach Putnam. 
And Michigan does have the experience of having won a regional on the road last year. Now they're at home. See how the fans turn out there. You know, soon they'll turn out. But Arizona, I don't know what to make of that team, Aaron. They've been a big disappointment. Here's my question for you. Is Michigan the kind of pitching staff that is a strike-throwing team, or uh, can they overpower Arizona's bats? Because Arizona's not a patient ball club. Yeah. Offensively, that's their big Achilles heel. They are, uh, they're not from the Caribbean, but they're a bunch of hackers. Uh, so that's the real problem with, with Arizona. They're not patient offensively. Can, can, Michigan, <laughs> uh, can Michigan exploit them? Can Kentucky's pitching exploit them? I don't think Kentucky's pitching is good enough to beat, uh, you know, to beat Arizona. If they had Alex Meyer maybe out of this year's draft. <laughs> Uh, already in school, maybe, but is Michigan's pitching good enough to hold down that uh, an explosive offense, but an offense that really can be pitched to in Arizona? You know, this was the single regional, John, that uh, I had the hardest time picking, and, and I went back and forth on this for probably 45 minutes, um, trying to break this thing down because I really like Arizona and I really like Michigan, um, and and you know, obviously Arizona has more depth on the mound. Uh, the biggest thing Arizona's got in its favor is the bullpen with Jason Stoffel and Daniel Schlereth. The, and Ryan Perry. And Ryan Perry. I mean, those are three big-time power arms, big-time power arms in the bullpen. I, I worry a little bit about, you know, Arizona starting pitching. It, it hasn't been as good as I think we, we thought it would be. Uh, you know, Preston Gilman has, has kind of struggled down the stretch. He's just not as good as he was last year. He's not year. as good as he was last year in general. I mean, you know, they've, they've had flashes from Eric Berger and David Coulon, and, you know, it's, but it's not, it's not a dominant starting staff. It's not. And, to and me, honestly, Eric Berger's I, the I'd king. Rather have, I, I think I'd rather have as my one-two punch Zach Putnam and, and, and uh, Chris Fetter from Michigan. Chris Fetter's a, a very underrated guy. He has won ten games. And, Is his nickname Un, like Unfetter? I don't think so. That's too bad. I uh, like that. But a big, you know, six foot eight strike thrower pounds his own, gets sink. I mean, he's, uh, you know, I suspect that he's probably who Arizona is going to see, um, because I think you have to throw Putnam against Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky's pretty dangerous offensively, and I think Kentucky's a dark horse three seed to win a regional. I don't know how that ballpark I think plays they're there. Have their hands full. I just think Michigan is is. I think Michigan is the best offensive team in this regional uh, because uh, you know. Nate Recknagel, nobody talks about this guy. He's, 23 he's, bombs is 23 bombs. It's, it's insane how, how good of a power hitter he is. Uh, I love the athleticism that guys like Jason Christian and Kevin Sislow bring. Uh, Adam that's, Abraham. A, that's a strong team up the middle I mean, as well, Michigan. It is, yeah, it is. And, and I just think that, um, I just think Michigan at home, is, again, I feel like they're going to have something to prove. I mean, one thing that stuck, stuck out for me this year when I talked to, to Recknagel for an In the Dugout segment this year was, you know, he was he was saying how upset they were uh, last year when people were writing them off immediately in the Vanderbilt Regional, and you know, on the selection show, everyone's saying how it's going to be Vanderbilt's coronation. This is a team that, that plays with a with a chip on its shoulder, absolutely, very well. And and I think people again are saying, well, Arizona's probably going to have a cakewalk. I mean, people have been banging on Michigan all year long, saying they yeah, didn't they deserve to host because they haven't beaten mm-hmm. a lot of top hundred teams. Yep. This this team wants to prove it again, and and I think they're going to do it at home. I think uh, you hit it on the head. I think Arizona. Uh, the starting pitching is not quite there. I think Eric Berger is the key. If Eric Berger is good, then this yeah. team has enough starting pitching with Gilmet, Berger, and Kulon and Mike Cola. They have seven pitchers they like or trust sure. or will use. They definitely have the pitching depth to go all the way to Omaha. But this team's offense has been too inconsistent. I'm picking Michigan as well. I think the Wolverines are the better team. But I really, and this is another regional where any one of three teams can win it. I yep. think Kentucky, Kentucky can win it too. they're the kind of team that can just get on a roll offensively and you just can't stop them. That said, I don't think Kentucky's in the kind of pitching that they're going to see out of say if they play Arizona. 
Arizona's power arms are unique in college baseball. Uh, they really probably have the hardest throwing staff, one to seven, in the whole in, in the game. But their best pitcher tops out or sits at 87 in Preston Gilman. Yeah. Uh, and to me, Eric Berger, he's hit some 92s of late. Uh, he's a key guy. If he's not, if he's at his best, Arizona can go all the way to Omaha. It's not that simple. Their offense, like I said, can be exploited. They have to be a little bit more patient. T.J. Steele's got to get hot. But uh, I do like Arizona's talent, but I think Michigan's the better fit to win. I'm picking the home team. And, and, and I like I like the way Putnam matches up with Kentucky. With you know, Kentucky, of course, relies a lot on home runs. Also, a lot of left-handed channel. hitters. A lot of left-handed hitters too. But, um, but Putnam, I think, keeps the ball down. He's got so much sink. I think he can neutralize the long ball from guys like Carroll and. And the, and the splitter is a good pitch against left-handed it hitters, is, and that's, yeah. a, that's a weapon against left-handed hitters, and, and that's that's where Zach Putnam, I think, can really make some hay. Uh, next regional here in Raleigh, North Cackalack. Well, not here. We're in Durham. NC State, the one seed. South Carolina, the two. Charlotte, the three. James Madison, the four. Aaron, uh, to <laughs> me, this is, you know, this is a winnable regional for North Carolina State, but this is a regional of contrast. We have three extremely offensively oriented clubs in South Carolina, Charlotte, and Madison. And then NC State with all kinds of pitching. If Jimmy Gilhaney, the NC State closer, the sophomore left-hander from Rhode Island, Gilhaney is available, I think NC State is the favorite here. It's a complete toss-up, though. He did not make the trip to the ACC tournament. No one at NC State is saying what the dealio is. And, you know, for me, if Gilhaney's an he's the X factor. Right now, I think you have to assume that he will not play because they could have used winning the ACC tournament or doing better in the ACC tournament uh, to make sure they were going to be a regional host. They didn't do that. I'm picking South Carolina for that reason. They don't have great pitching, but I think they will mash their way to a regional uh, championship here. I think so, too. I really do. I think that their offense uh, is just so much better than, than North Carolina State's offense. I mean, you I think know. NC State's actually a little underrated because I think top to bottom, they're, they're okay. They just don't, they don't have anybody who dominates. They don't have anybody. Like even Tommy Foshi had his first career home run the other day. The bottom of their lineup is better than it was <laughs> earlier in the year, and I don't have a cough button, so Sorry you know, that. it, it, it's okay. We're just going to keep on plowing through, but uh, we, we, it is a podcast. We're not on a professional radio. just want to remind people that. But uh, and to me, NC State, good pitching should beat good hitting, Aaron. And you know, the, the question is how good is NC State's pitching? But they have lefties yes. like Sogard uh, and Sir Camp. Uh, they have right-handers like Clayton Schunick. Uh, I like their arms. Uh, but if they don't have Gilhaney at the back and they're having to rely on Eric McConnell, Eric McConnell's had a bad senior season, uh, unfortunately, for State. You know, NC State is, is a team that, that lives off its pitching, and, and their whole reputation is built around how great their pitching staff is. I don't think it's a great pitching staff. I think it's a good pitching staff. I think you got to give Tom like, Holiday credit for it being very good. I'll say it's very good, not great. I, I think, I mean, I, I really like Clayton Schunick. He's really tough. Uh, I suspect they'll He's got a plus pitch, plus split finger fastball. Split is really good. It really is, and... and you know, Sir Camp has has been up and down. He was kind of up late. It seemed like pitched well in the ACC yep. tournament. Yep. Uh, but I just don't think they're the kind of arms that can contain South Carolina's offense. I really don't. Well, Justin Smoke is certainly hot. Um, you know, Reese Havens is hot. Not so much Re, uh, James Darnell or Phil Disher, but uh, South Carolina should have enough to. to Those are four hitters them. who can hit the ball a long way, uh, and and have proven that they can do it. Even if they're not hot, you know, they they can run into one at any time. Next regional in Athens, Georgia, the one seed, Georgia Tech, the two, Louisville, the three, Lipscomb, the four. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lipscomb is the home to Rex Brothers, John Manuel Fave, the left-hander. Yeah. And uh, what's the catcher's name again? I forget their Caleb, catcher's name. Uh, Caleb Joseph. Joseph, that's correct. So Lipscomb's actually got a little talent, but uh, I believe they're cannon fodder 
in this very solid regional in the three seed was in Omaha last year and might have the single you know, most explosive player in this event. The biggest tools in this whole regional are Chris Dominguez, power bat and power arm. All, all due respect to Gordon Beckham. Louisville is very dangerous as a three seed. Absolutely. Uh, to they me, really are. I, I, you know, I, I think I think uh, uh, Louisville, having been to Omaha last year and having, yeah, they lost a, a lot of the, the key seniors on that team right. a year ago, but uh, they still have their two best pitchers, exactly. Justin Marks and Zach, Zach Pitts. Pitts. Uh, and Justin Marks, the left-hander, has, has had a really good year. They missed uh, Tristan Magnuson at the back of their bullpen. He was pretty dynamic late sure, in the year. Hard guy, to, hard guy to replace. I mean, they've got a lot of hard guys to replace. Right. And, and I and I I don't you know I don't think they've got quite enough. I, I do think they're well coached. Uh, and, and are going to be competitive, and they've got those those couple of X factors. But um, I, I, you know, this is this is a tough one to peg this regional. But I think I think Georgia at home for me uh, it just has has too much pitching. I mean, their bullpen is just so unique uh, with all those arms back there. They've really got five very good arms back there. I mean, they, they, everyone knows their role so well. I mean, it, it, it sets up very well for Joshua Fields, um, and of course they've got. Reliable starters who've done it for three years. And they're not overpowering guys, but they're solid guys. Right. Uh, I mean, I, you know, Georgia, of course, stumbled down the stretch a little bit. You have to wonder a little bit about their offense. I mean, I think it's a pretty good offense. Um, it's not a great offense. The bottom half of that lineup is very pitchable. You can yeah. you can get some quick innings at the bottom of that lineup. But they had their moments this year where they were where those guys down there actually were were carrying that that offense a little bit. I, I am concerned about Georgia. I'm picking Georgia. Because their overall track record for the year and over past regionals is usually when Georgia gets in, they win. Half the time when Georgia gets into the tournament, they go to Omaha. It seems, right. and, it's, it, and it's an even year. So that's, that's uh, right. That's, that's probably going to happen again. Georgia Tech, of course, you know, let's not overlook them. I'm overlooking uh, them. I, I, I don't think they're going to win this regional. I don't. I don't think they're that good. Uh, uh, but they, they, but they've got, you know, they, they, to their credit. They've got some firepower. They've got some guys who can hit the ball. Derek Dietrich, of course, had a really nice freshman year. He did. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a potential freshman All-American. But you look at their numbers, though. They've hit the vast majority of their home runs in non-conference play. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it was like 55 out of 85 home runs were hit in the non-conference. Uh, they were not the powerhouse offense in ACC play. So, for me, Georgia Tech, I'm not saying they're a fraud, but I'm saying that I don't – I think of them being a two seed was much more accurate. Their RPI had them as a one seed. I don't think they would deserve to be a one seed. Yeah. So uh, Georgia Tech, a solid two seed. It's a good regional. Wouldn't shock me if Louisville won it. I'm right. picking Georgia. But Georgia's, to, correct me if I'm wrong here, I believe I had this in tracker. I added this to your top 25 tracker on Monday. They've lost nine of their last 16 games. It's a long stretch. They lost stretch. Home series to Alabama. They went 0-2 in the conference tournament, and they lost the series to Florida a few so, weeks back. It's a long stretch here where really they haven't played well, but I just think course of their season, they've played yeah. better and played more good teams and been better against good teams than the other teams in this regional. So I I'm picking Georgia. I, I'd take Georgia, and, and I, but I wouldn't be surprised if Louisville comes out of this. The other regional, the grudge match regional of our preseason top 25, one seed Cal State Fullerton, which is the number five overall top eight national seed, UCLA, number two, the preseason number one team. Virginia, number three, which we also thought would be much better in the preseason. And Ryder, the number four seed. Aaron, in my opinion, this is a two-team regional. Virginia did show signs of life at the ACC tournament, getting to the final. But Virginia against better teams this year. They have two wins against North Carolina. Otherwise, they really don't have a great record. 
against regional teams. I don't. Florida State as well in the ACC tournament. But, but right, I don't. Right. I, mean, I don't think Virginia wins this regional. I don't have a chance of he double hockey sticks to win this regional. John, I don't think Virginia won a weekend series all year against the regional teams. So no, they didn't. Something in common with Oklahoma. Unless Sienna, unless Sienna made it in. Did Sienna make no, it? No, they did not. Uh, so to me, this is UCLA versus Fullerton, and that was a super regional yeah. last year, and. Uh, Fullerton won that, went to Omaha, smoke and mirrors, baby, as George Horton likes to say. But this year, Dave Serrano has done a tremendous job. He's already fulfilled his quota of Coach of the Year awards from us. Uh, otherwise, he'd be a very strong candidate for National Coach of the Year. But taking over, a, a tough program to take over because you're following a legend. You're leaving at an emotional time. The whole Rick Vanderhoek situation, him leaving Irvine after he said he wasn't going to do it, and he just puts all those distractions aside, and Dave Serrano just takes over this team that was not a preseason top 25 team for us and takes that as a motivation all the way through the season. Young team, uh, key junior college recruits like Eric Kamatsu, uh, overcoming a so-so year by a guy like Jerry Clark, who I thought they had to have, have a big year to be a, this kind of team. He had his moments. He had his moments, but like, he wasn't consistent. Yeah. This team is just a lot better than we thought they were going to be. Uh, but UCLA is playing now the way we thought UCLA could play early in the season. I, yeah. To me, uh, this is a, a perfect situation. And, and let's face it, these are the last two coaches at UC Irvine, and there's not a lot of love lost between these two coaching staffs. No. Um, sure. I, think sure UCLA, I think UCLA and Cal State Fullerton are almost opposites. UCLA is in the UC system. It's a little bit higher academic standards. It's a more national program because they're basketball program. Uh, they're the chic. They're the you know, they're the big time school in the LA area that gets all the media attention. They were the preseason number one team, but they have no track record in college baseball. Two college series trips. Fulton has four championships. They are college baseball royalty. They are the titans of Southern California baseball right now because USC is so far down. Uh, and they are a scrappier kind of team. They don't rely on top draft guy, top draft pick kind of talent like UCLA has. They couldn't be more opposites. Yeah, you're right. And uh, you know. I don't, I'm very torn on who to pick here. I'm picking Cal State Fullerton because the bottom line is, in college baseball, Cal State Fullerton kicks UCLA's butt. That's period. It. That's, That's a, it. That's all it comes down to. The history is the history. As much as I like UCLA's talent, the history is the history. you got to pick Cal State Fullerton I, I here. Think, I think you, you, you nailed it. The history is history. It's, uh, it's, it's not the present. I mean, and, and, and Cal State Fullerton, yeah, they dominated UCLA – uh, even in recent history, right. I mean, this year they, they went 3-0 against the Bruins. There's every reason to think that, that Cal State Fullerton should win this regional at home. Uh, but you they say are, they're not. They are They are more talented uh, than we thought they were in the preseason. I'll be the first to admit that. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, you know, well, for one thing, I, I should rephrase. We thought they were talented. We didn't think that their young talent maybe would be as good as it is right away. And honestly, I think the biggest difference is we didn't know how good Eric Komatsu was. And Eric Komatsu is the difference maker in their lineup. He is. And Josh Fellhauer is taking the leap. He's had a huge sophomore season. Absolutely, took the lead. He's a potential freshman All-American. Just a really good freshman year. Exactly uh, what they needed. Exactly what they needed. That 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 shortstop, the next great, you know, uh, leader for, yeah. at the play shortstop at Fulton. But the pitching staff, I still think, is not overpowering. Um, but but you know, Jeff Kaplan's really right of the ship after a kind of a rocky start. I mean, Corey Arbiso has won a, a lot of games year. for them this yeah, year. I agree. Uh, Daniel Rankin, the freshman, is solid. Their bullpen uh, is, is, you know, I like I like how Adam Jorgensen has kind of uh, anchored that for them back yep. there. I mean, it's a good pitching staff, and Dave Serrano makes it a very good pitching staff yep. because he's yep. so good with pitchers. All that said, I mean, and, and, and you know, 
hey, they've got all the. I like the way they play the game a little bit better. I like their style. They don't strike out as much as UCLA does. There's a lot uh, of reasons to like. They grind out a lot better. They are much better of a grinding team than UCLA. Maybe that means more in a regular season than a postseason, but uh, because because I'm still taking that, you know, Maybe the bottom line is I'm just stubborn, but <laughs> but, but uh, I, I believe in UCLA's talent, and, and I don't know if I should, but I do. Um, Tim Murphy's pitched so well down the stretch. He's been he has gotten better. He's gotten through a little dead arm, and he's gotten better at the end of the season again. Charles Brewer started to pitch. I mean, he's been up and down for them all year, but he's he's capable of. of and, and, and Gavin, Same with Brooks, Gavin Brooks is the X factor this yep. entire tournament. He's the guy who came up so big for them in the postseason last year. Really, really good. Even right. in the Super Regionals, that he pitched very well against Cal State Fullerton in a loss. He's one of the huge reasons why we ranked them one in the preseason, was Gavin Brooks. And, and he's, he's had kind of a disappointing year, uh, but he's the guy who's got he's to gotta come up big. And if he does, I think UCLA wins this week. For me, their X factor is actually Gabe Cohen. The guy hit 400 in the Pac-10 last year, freshman All-American. Hit about 200 this year. Finally started to get his swing back. Had a couple of home runs against Wazoo. Uh, if Gabe Cohen hits, UCLA's lineup is much better than it has been all year. But that's a pretty big if. So I'm taking the Titans. And, and, I'm, and I'm also not completely writing off Virginia. Cause I, I, do, I, I like Virginia on the mound uh, with, with, with Pat McEnany. Uh, and, and, you know, Jacob Thompson has been up and down again. He's not had as good a year, of course, as he had last year. Uh, this team, though, is, is kind of a West Coast-style team that plays in the ACC. Uh, I just... You know, I don't think you're going to out you're going to out Fullerton Fullerton if you're an, an ACC team. Correct. Uh, I mean, Virginia does have a lot of speed, and they can. How many bunt defenses but... does Virginia have? Yeah, exactly. Probably not enough for this regional. Uh, let's go on to the Sunken Diamond Regional. Uh, one place in college baseball I've never been and desperately want to go is Stanford. Stanford the one, Pepperdine the two, Arkansas the three, UC Davis the four. Aaron, UC Davis and Stanford are extremely familiar with each other. They've played each other a lot this year. To me, this regional is like the walking wounded regional. Uh, injury issues are huge in this regional. Yeah. Uh, Davis, I think, is at full strength. Stanford finally back to full strength. They finally get Jeremy Bleich back. How much, how back he is right. is a huge question. But to me, I would pick Pepperdine to win this regional if they had Eric Thames healthy and Brett Hunter close to 100%. Neither of those things is the case. I'm picking Stanford. I think Stanford's lineup is too good. They're the best offense in this regional. And with Jeremy Bleich at least pitchable, Bleich, Davis, Austin Yount, Jeff Inman, Stringer, Storin. They should have enough. Those six guys aren't great, but they're good enough with that offense. I think Stanford wins the regional. I, I agree with your analysis 100%, actually. I think uh, I, I will also take Stanford. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel great about Stanford. I mean, I've been kind of bagging on them a little bit at times this year uh, for their pitching depth in particular, but Austin Yount's emergence has been a key for them. Big difference. Uh, he's a, he's a big-time difference maker. I think if, if Stanford doesn't win this regional, the team I like is UC Davis, the four seed. Um, which you know we, we talked about how how good their their weekend rotation is. They've got three guys with Dan Bowen, Brad McAtee, um, and, and and Brian Evans. They also have I mean, they have depth. They have the depth to win a regional, even yeah. out of the losers bracket pitching wise. So I, I think I think Davis could be a factor if there's a four seed that's going to win a regional. I think it'll be them, uh, but uh, I'm going to take Stanford too. Going, moving on. Uh, sorry, we gave that such short shrift, but we got to get this Baseball America podcast in the books here. Uh, the Stillwater Regional, Aaron, I think, is a very interesting one. Oklahoma State, the one. Wichita State, the two. Texas Christian, the three. And that was just for you, Eric Hyman. And Western Kentucky, the four. Uh, so Texas Christian, I refuse to call them TCU, as their marketing folks want to be called. Uh, Texas Christian, to me, Aaron, got jobbed. They got jobby jobbed 
uh, as uh, Snoop Dogg would say, as a three seed. They should have been a two. Oh, yeah. I honestly think you could have made Wichita State a three. They didn't beat a good team all year, frankly. Um, quite, frankly quite, quite, quite frankly, I'm giving you my, uh, <laughs> my impromptu Newt Gingrich impersonation. But uh, this, to, to me, I, you got to go to Oklahoma State as the one, but T- Texas Christian is dangerous. I, I think yes. Oklahoma State should win. TCU might. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with y'all together and take Wichita State uh, because here's here's the thing, John. You look at Wichita State and yeah, they're I think they're zero six against the top twenty five. They've lost all of their big games against all those Big Twelve teams. Uh, they have beaten TCU twice. Um, and 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 here's the other thing: all those midweek losses were just that midweek losses. And, and if there's a weakness on Wichita State. Uh, it's it's the pitching after those top three guys. Maybe the bullpen's a little questionable. But Musgrave, Capra, and Schaefer, that's a very good three. I really, really have a lot of confidence in those guys. Big game pitchers. They can all locate and they can all compete. Uh, they all have velocity. They all have movement. I mean, I, I think that might be the, you know, that's in the discussion for the best weekend rotation for me in the country. I like how they match up. And, and you know, Wichita State is so athletic. Here's the thing. This is not a classic Oklahoma State team that's going to bash your brains out at a right. old Stadium. Um, I, I think Wichita State, because of its athleticism, can compete. I mean, Connor Gillespie, everyone knows he's a great hitter. You know, uh, I think he's gotten hot lately. I just checked his numbers this morning. Connor Gillespie's numbers are insane. It's like a 1,300 OPS. It's really good. He's a great hitter. Might be the best hitter in college baseball. But, but the key to that offense, really, because uh, you, you can kind of take Gillespie for granted a little bit, is the guys who, who, who sparked that thing at the top, Andy Dirks and Ryan Jones and, you know, these, these athletic guys. Dusty Coleman kind of protects Gillespie a little bit in that lineup. Another athlete at He's shortstop. He's had a nice year. I mean, they, it's, 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 it's a classic Wichita State athletic team. Like I've said that word athletic about seven times it, now. But to me, it's the reason they're going to win this region. I love that. And the way that Gene Stevenson uses and always leverages that athleticism is defensively. His teams, his best teams are very good defensive teams. I think uh, it, that's a huge key for them because the thing is Oklahoma State is not explosive. Oklahoma State's a good offense, but frankly, uh, Luis Flores and Matt Haig and, and Rebel Ridley, those guys are good, but they're not great. You know, let's face it, they can be pitched to. They didn't dominate anybody in the Big 12 when it came offensively. Right. Um, so, and, you know, it's a lot of sophomores. I kind of like the – actually, the other thing I like about Oklahoma State is I like the teams that have a lot of sophomores who have played mm-hmm. – you don't have the draft pressure, and you're not a freshman anymore either. I think it's good to have a lot of sophomores uh, to get to point. a College World Series team. That's just me. I, I peg a lot of that maybe to, to some past Stanford teams, but also yeah, your, your 03 Rice team was a lot better with a lot of sophomores than they were with, as juniors when the draft was bearing down on them. Also, if you're a pitcher, you haven't been used as much as a sophomore as you sure. have been as a junior. That's a really good point, John. So and, and, I like the and sophomores, and, and Oklahoma sophomore, State's sophomore laden. And their sophomore left-hander, Andrew Oliver, is probably he, the best pitcher in the Big 12. He is un stud. Well, except for Aaron Crow, excuse me. He's the second best pitcher in the, in the Big 12. There's no, there's no due to boot that for me. So I'm picking Oklahoma State. I like your reasons for pitching, picking Wichita State. And TCU I'm surprised. is a factor as well. I'm surprised neither of us picked TCU, to be honest with you. But I, I want to call them Texas Christian. Uh, because that's what they are, and they get offended when you call them Texas Christian, and that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. So if you don't like being called Texas Christian, then change the name of your school. Uh, we'll move that aside and go to the last regional here in the Baseball America podcast. Florida State, the Tallahassee Regional. Florida State the one, Florida the two, Tulane the three, Bucknell the four. Aaron, I think that Florida State got a break in this regional. Yeah. Tulane's talent is a bit down. It's natural. Hurricane Katrina makes it hard to recruit there. 
That's why it's even more impressive what Tom Walter has done at UNO at New Orleans. So I think Tulane's going to be back as a program to being a perennial one or two seed, but I, they didn't get a break. They deserve to be in. You know, the winning that sweeping that series at East Carolina made their season. I don't think Tulane's a factor to win a regional. And I think in a couple of years, Florida will be a significant factor with Kevin O'Sullivan. But right now, more of an overachieving kind of Florida bunch, right. short on the mound. I like Florida State. I think Florida State wins this regional, and I don't think they're even going to really lose a game. I think they're going to rub right through it. And, and But here's the only thing that could maybe throw a, a wrench into this whole plan is will Rick Jones save Shooter Hunt for that second game? Now, and, and that would take guts because you don't want to overlook Florida, a two-seed, right. uh, a dangerous team, of course. I mean, you know, they wouldn't be a two-seed if, if, if they weren't dangerous. But uh, if, if you're Rick Jones, I think you got to play to win the regional, you know, because you're too lame. What does winning one game in regional do for you? You, Not much. You want to win the entire regional. I think your best chance to do that is to throw a guy like Robbie Broach in the opener, save Shooter Hunt for Florida State. I think he's the only guy in this regional who can beat Florida State. Um, and let's face it, Shooter Hunt could probably use the extra the extra rest. Uh, our reports on Shooter's last couple of starts, I believe he's lost his last two starts in the Conference USA tournament and to Rice. And our reports out of that Rice game where the, his stuff was a little down. He's never been a command guy. He's more of a you know stuff guy. He needs to be at his best. Maybe that right. extra day of rest even helps Shooter Hunt a little bit more. But but even you know even if that happens, I still like Florida State to, to win. I think Florida State can beat him for the reasons you just outlined. And, and even if they lose to him, I, I think they're dangerous enough offensively to, to, to just bang their way through the loser's bracket. So let's uh let's go to our regional picks here and wrap up. And let's start at the back at the bottom. Let's start with Florida State because I, I want to throw something out here. I think Mike Martin has learned from the mistakes of this decade where Florida State hasn't been to Omaha this decade, which is just shocking, not since 2000. I don't count 2000 in this decade for those of you scoring at home. But uh, you know, to me, uh, he went with, is it John Gast? Yeah. He gave him crucial innings and yeah. sacrificed some regular season gains potentially because of it because he knew he needed him in the postseason. Now he's got Strauss. He can start Strauss. He can release Strauss. He's got a very versatile guy. When he was going to Omaha all the time, he always had a versatile guy like that, whether it was Richie Lewis or Chris Chavez in the late 90s. He likes to have that kind of guy. Strauss is one of the best power arms they've had in years there. I said the same thing about Gas, another pretty hard thrower. Villanueva has been better for them down the stretch. Um, Matt Farrell has been fairly consistent for them. He's more yeah. of the Florida State, like in the Matt Lynch template. I, like this. I think this is the best chance Florida State has to win a national championship since the Marshall McDougal era, my favorite era in Florida State history. I love Marshall McDougal, one of my all-time top five favorite players. Uh, but to me, with Buster Posey, like the, the ultimate Florida State player, yeah. I mean, just defines the program. Uh, anyone named, not named Drew, I think Florida State's going to Omaha. I don't, th- I don't think it matters who they're playing that other super regional. And I think this is Florida State's best chance to win it they've ever had. I know the ACC is a little top-heavy. I know they lost to North Carolina and Miami. But I have a little feeling about Florida State because I think Mike Martin didn't manage every game like it's his last. He managed with a long view. And I'm not saying he hasn't done that in the past. I just really noticed it a little bit more this year. And I think that Florida State is in the best shape it's been going into the postseason, including the year they won 26 in a row back in 2002 and lost the Super Regional to Notre Dame. You know, I really like how you broke that down. Uh, I think you, uh, you you very nearly sold me on it. Uh, Florida State, uh, they're, they're dangerous, and, and nobody should be surprised if they go to Omaha. They're the favorite to do so. You've got them losing to Wichita, don't you? 
And I do have them losing to Wichita. Awesome, State. you got Here's Wichita why. in. Because Wichita, State, which hasn't been since 1996, by this, the way. This, this is the year they break through. Because if Florida State has a weakness, it's, it's, it's defensively. I think that's Florida State's Achilles heel, and I think Wichita State will exploit it with their uh, just, just the amount of pressure that they put on an opposing defense with the. Uh, you know, with getting runners in in motion and you know uh, the points and the speed and everything else, I just think that uh, that uh, in Wichita State is, has the pitching advantage. Uh, you know, I do think that athleticism will carry them. Um, I'm going to take the Shockers. Yeah, that is a shocker. You're taking the Shockers. Uh, Stanford versus Cal State Fullerton for me. Stanford versus UCLA for you. That would be an all Pac-10 super regional with Stanford and Cal State Fullerton. That would be an awesome super regional. Yeah. Those two teams. Have so much history. They play each other almost every year, usually in the first series of the year. They have a lot of history in Omaha in this decade back in 01. They had some epic battles. Uh, Jeff Brooks involved in some of those. Uh, just one of my another all time favorite name. Uh, I would take Cal State Fullerton in that regional, but if it were Stanford UCLA, I gotta be honest with you. I think if UCLA can beat Fullerton. I think they would beat Stanford. I think they'd go to Omaha in that case. That, that's what I've got happening. I, I love that you have UCLA and Omaha. I freaking love it. Hey, why not go for broke, John? <laughs> why not indeed, Aaron Fitt? <laughs> I, I don't know if it. I can defend it, uh, but, uh, but that's what I, that's what I think is going to happen. I'll just say this again. Every scout and college coach I've talked to and I've done our West draft coverage, I've talked about, boy, UCLA, they really let us down. Yeah. And uh, – you know, and maybe we shouldn't take it personally. You know, I'm taking Nick Blackburn's success a little too personally. <laughs> and I shouldn't take UCLA's failure so personally. But I haven't found anybody who said, well, ta- on terms of talent, you guys are right. Everyone has said at least that. JUCO guys out there, D1 guys out there, scouts, cross-checkers. These are all the guys we talked to before, and that's why we ranked them one. So, and and, and, and for, for the last time... You know, it's not. It wasn't a ridiculous, outrageous choice to take UCLA number one. They went to a super regional last year, and it was all freshmen with, with and a team, sophomores. Exactly, with a young team. A natural progression would be to assume that those guys get better. I think they had a little too much junioritis. I think uh, so. But then and, I think their and, sophomores and, did not come through. Brooks, Brooks, and Cohen did not come through. Right uh, now, here's here's the thing I like most about UCLA that I haven't mentioned yet. Okay, and I would be remiss if I if I did not mention this. Okay. I mean, I, I talk about how much I like Miami because they're strong up the middle. Look at UCLA up the middle. Babino, one of the one of the best defensive catchers in the country. His bat's been a question mark. He's lost some playing time uh, to you know to Blake Dean out there. Um, but uh, uh, Brandon Crawford hasn't hit, and he still strikes out a lot. But that boy can pick it at short. He is a premium defensive shortstop, and Alvin Carruthers is a. Teams with him for a very smooth double play combination. And he's their best offensive player, Carruthers, hands down. He's been their best offensive player this year, all year. On base percentage is very high, and he's hitting for more power. Right. And UCLA has the talent. I'm just not picking them. Uh, Bottom line, UCLA has become the Georgia Tech of the West for me. Yeah. Until Until they prove otherwise. But especially with John Savage. I love Coach Savage. He's a, he's a, a tremendous eye for talent. He's a great recruiter. Until he proves that his teams can win on the field the way they win in those recruiting battles, I think you have to doubt him, and you have to doubt the teams that he leads. He's got an under 500 record as a coach in six or seven years as a head coach right now, which is not acceptable with the talent that he's had, especially at UCLA. So, uh, will, will he keep the team loose? Because I, I think that's I've huge. heard is that's a question huge. mark about him and his teams that they tend to tighten up sometimes. Uh, you know, they, and that team does swing and miss a lot. They have fundamental problems. I mean, here and there... I, 
hey, I don't, you know, I don't think UCLA is a slam dunk. No, but I understand why you're going with them. I respect you for it. Georgia versus South Carolina. We've both got that regional. Again, to me, South Carolina, the uh, pitching is a little short. When Georgia gets into regionals, they usually go to Omaha. I'm picking the Bulldogs. Same here. Uh, d- last one, Miami over against Michigan. Well, that'd be a great bowl game. I don't know if they've ever played in football. Uh, I would take the U in football. I'm going to take the U in baseball as well. And, and as much as you know, I told someone last week that I was going to take Michigan to Omaha regardless of who they're matched up with. Don't! Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, because I feel very strongly that this is a Omaha-caliber team. We ranked them number eight in the preseason because I thought they were one of the eight best teams in the country on paper, and they've, they've dominated their, their the Big Ten Conference in the regular season. They won the tournament. They've done everything they needed to do. But Miami's special. I think, Miami is, I think Miami is special. And the you know, bottom line is, you know, Jim Morris, University of Miami. You know, in my opinion, Jim Morris, best coach in the country. And you know, I just really think, you know, a boy from Charlotte, you know, Jim Morris has really done a great job as the head coach of University of Miami. I think he's going to take him a national championship here. I'm picking Miami. That's my pick. Who's your pick? National champion. I had to throw in my Jim Morris impersonation. I broke it out. I hope Coach Morris hears that and enjoys it. John, I'm going to go with Miami over North Carolina in the finals. All ACC finals, ACC assured of, of winning a, uh, a national championship this year if those two teams get there, although uh, I suspect it'll be the team uh, that has actually won national championships in the last 50 years uh, while not in the ACC. Um, third straight year of heartbreak for North Carolina. Who are your two and three? Let's let's a little CYA here. Who's your two and three? I, I, North Carolina is my two as well, actually. I think that, I think it says like that's your, your two. My, my, if I had to pick a third favorite of all these, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of think Texas is the is the sexy hot team right now. That uh, uh, just get a feeling about Augie. Uh, he, there's just been so much noise out of that program, and now that all that negativity is all positivity and all the zen and all that stuff. You know, Phil Jackson's got the Lakers going. His, his college baseball doppelganger is Augie is Augie Garrido. I would not be shocked. If Texas went all the way, I would be shocked. I, I can tell you would be. Uh, you know, for some reason, I don't think Arizona State has the pitching. I don't think Long Beach State has the hitting. I don't think San Diego has the offense to there's get a it lot done. Of flawed teams in this. I mean, there's. I think they're all flawed. I, again, and again, I'm not. Only reason I'm not taking pick, taking Florida State is that three. I just can't bring myself to say three ACC teams. But again, I've said it before. I wrote the column. This is the best chance the ACC has ever had. It's not even close because you have an experienced North Carolina team, a Florida State team that's playing for the postseason, and a Miami team that is as talented as any in the country, has Jim Morris as the head coach, home regional, home super regional. If an ACC team is ever going to get her done, it's going to be this year. I, I'm with you, um, and, I, and I don't really have any other team that I feel very strongly about. I think Michigan. it's probably going to be, well, yeah, <laughs> Michigan. I think if Miami, here's, here's, I guess, my statement, John. If Miami gets out, of, gets out of its regional and super regional, I think they will win it all. Uh, otherwise, I think that Ole Miss, uh, Missouri, wow. and, or Michigan, or Arizona could all be factors to win the national championship. Arizona certainly is a factor. They're off if they if they have the right matchups offensively, pitchers that throw strikes, strike the work kind of guys, they can punish that kind of thing. You got to have guys who are have the command and the control to to expand the zone and exploit which, their weaknesses. Which Miami, I mean, that, that's that's what those those guys do. Uh, Hernandez and uh, Erickson. I mean, those two guys in particular excel at, at spotting their, their stuff and their gut movement. I, I like the way they match up with that offense. 
Well, it's been a great podcast, uh, despite the uh, our, our technical lack of proficiency and my lack of a real voice. But I uh, really enjoyed it, Aaron. Let's do this again next year. Let's do it again next year, John. Let's do it again next week when we preview the Super Regionals. Uh, so check in with BaseballAmerica.com for coverage all weekend. we got two regionals locally that we'll be uh, covering the heck out of here in uh, Wake County. So until next week's college podcast, for Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. So long, everybody. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.